like to introduce our main speaker for this evening, Russell H. from San Diego. I'm Russell, I'm alcoholic. Welcome uh, all the new people to AA. I mean that, like welcome. Uh, and a happy birthday to you. I didn't know deaf people were alcoholic, really. I had no idea. That's good. No idea. Anyway, uh, I, uh, my first church was, uh, I grew up in PB. I went to this Presbyterian church when I was a little kid on Hornblin, I think it was. And uh, I kind of got some spiritual thing out of it, and it lasted through my whole life when I was drinking. And uh, I think it really helped me out a lot. So uh, this whole thing for me is about uh, finding God, taking the steps, working with alcoholics, just real fundamental AA stuff. And it hasn't changed. I've been sober for, I'll be 28 years sober next month if I don't drink, right? So... uh, it's kind of crazy. It goes really fast. So hold on, man. It goes fast. But uh, I started drinking real young, man, like real young. And uh, hung out at the beach. I surfed. Hung out with some really bad people at PB Point. Got in a lot of trouble. Got in a lot of fights. I, I drink and I fight. And, and when I'm not drinking, I don't fight. So there's some kind of weird connection there, right? Um, and I haven't been in a fight in since I was two years sober, and that's a long time for me. And uh, It took me like three or four years, man, just to settle down, just to settle down like I was just so pissed off. I was so pissed, really pissed. But you know what, man? I, I hung out with a lot of old-timers, and, uh, you know, I just listened to them. You know, I wanted to stay sober, man. I was done. Like, I had it. I was, it was done. I was, it was over, and... Uh, and I was pretty young. I'm, f- I'm almost 58 years old. So I got sober in my late 20s. And, uh, you know, I did a lot of stupid shit when I was young, man. Like, I got all tattooed. And, I, like, I'm nothing, nothing like I was when I got sober. I'm completely different. Very conservative. I got kids. Uh, I'm a good dad. Like, uh, I don't, like, probably... You look at me and, and you're like, what the fuck's going on with that guy, right? <laughs> Ser- seriously. Seriously. If you saw what I do during the day and how I act, you'd go, whoa, what's wrong with this guy? Like, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense to me. And uh, so be careful getting tattooed, man. <laughs> I, see, I see a lot of people with tattoos and, and uh, I got tattooed in a, not this has nothing to do with alcoholics now, it's really, but it kind of does. Like, don't fuck yourself up, man. Like, there's things that I cannot do in, in life. Like, my kids, my two older kids were in Catholic school, and uh, I'd go and talk, <laughs> right? I'd have to go talk to people about my kid, right? And uh, they, they just didn't, like, I couldn't connect with them. Like, they couldn't look me in the eye, right? And, and uh, so... All I'm saying is, is uh, don't ruin, don't ruin something later on. If you're gonna, st- if you're not gonna stay sober, get tattooed. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Fuck it, right? It does not matter. But uh, um, it's a serious thing for me, man. I, and I, and uh, every day I have to look at myself, right? I have to look at myself. Like, what the fuck did you do? And uh, so, 
I love Alcoholics Anonymous, okay? I love the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I got sober reading the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous with a sponsor, took the steps out of the big book, right? Uh, and uh, I got sober uh, at Pathfinders right down the street there a few miles in Golden Hill. And uh, the Sunday men's group is my home group. It has been since I was probably 90 days sober. And uh, even when I don't live around here, I live up in Julian. I don't live close. But Larry had been asking me for years. He goes, hey, man, can you come speak at this meeting? I've never been here. I've been to every meeting in San Diego except this one, I think. You know what I mean? And uh, I used to go to a lot of meetings, man, when I was new. I had friends. We had, we had motorcycles, and we'd just go to meetings, man. We'd, we'd, we'd like, take people. He lived in Lemon Grove, my friend Cricket. And he had a little RZ, and it was really loud, and it was obnoxious. And he just, wah, we just go to meetings and drink coffee and smoke. And uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And then we'd, like, pick guys up and, and put them in a car and take him to his house and, like, stay up with this drunk guy and talk to him. Like, we thought we were Bill and Bob, right? We were, like, fucking... Like, those guys were our heroes, man. Bill and Bob were our heroes. I'm serious. Not people that used to be my heroes that don't matter, that had nothing that I would ever want now. But uh, Bill and Bob were our heroes. Like, we... Those guys were it, man, for years, and we did that a lot, man. And, and the thing that, that happened was uh, I don't go to as many meetings as I used to. I haven't done an inventory in probably four years, right? And, uh, but, but what it did, it gave me a foundation of working with alcoholics, man, like sitting down with an alcoholic and reading the big book to him, right? And, I, man, I, and I'm not saying this because I think I'm some cool guy or nothing, but Man, I read the big book, and I studied the big book for, like, the first five, six years I was sober, man. I got into it. And uh, I got married to this woman. She's a, she's a Sicilian girl. I met her at Pathfinders, right? And, uh, yeah. So, but we had two kids. They're both rescue swimmers, search and rescue in the Navy. They're great kids, good kids, solid. Like, they're fun to be around because if anybody – like, I, don't, I haven't been in a fight. I don't want to get in a fight. Just not into it. Don't want to hurt my hands, right? And so my kids, <laughs> whenever my kids are around, man, I feel really good because they're yoked. You know, they're they're tough. They're tough fucking kids. And so it's it's just a good feeling. Like wow, because I'm sober, I have two children like that, right? And uh, it's a big deal, man. Like when I was drinking, like in my twenties, like when I drink, I drink, man, and I will drink until I pass out. I'm a blackout drinker. I like to steal cars, crash cars. I'll do. I'll steal any fucking thing that's laying down. Like I'm a thief when I'm drinking, right? And I think that everybody owes me something. Like the world owes me. You know, you owe me this, you owe me that. You know, like I was a loser, man. I was just a loser, complete loser. And uh, I hung out with a at PB Point. When I was a kid, uh, hung out with some bad people, like like gang, little gang kind of shit, you know. And uh, I got a lot of bad, a lot of really bad information from these people, and uh, really bad. And uh, I just acted the way they did. These older guys, I acted the way they did. A lot of bad shit, and uh, got in a lot of trouble. And I think what happened was. Uh, I drank myself 
into those guys not even wanting to hang out with me, like this this kid. And I was like 20, 21, 22. I was a young kid. But, I mean, I was, it was, I was just a piece of shit, man. Like, I didn't know how to live. I was a fucking animal. Excuse my language. Sorry. But uh, I thought this was going to be a men's meeting, right? So, <laughs> but I'll tell you, man. Uh, so my problem is alcohol. I did truckloads of drugs, too, man. So I don't, but they got, that shit got a free ride. Complete free ride, right? I came in here, I took the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, and all that stuff just took a free ride. So I don't, I don't, I, I haven't thought about taking a drink and I can't even tell you, man. It's a miracle. Like, it's just crazy here. This thing's crazy. If you're into it, like, I know a lot of people here are going to get drunk tomorrow or the next day or next week or do fucking coke or I don't know what kids do these days. But uh, I know... People are going to get drunk. That's okay. Go get drunk, man. And come back. We'll be here. Like, I'll be here. Maybe not here, but I'll be somewhere in an AA meeting. Like, you need a hand? What are you doing, man? What happened? Why'd you get drunk? And I'll tell you what, man. They won't know. They'll have no idea. Like, everything was good. I was sober a year and a half. Got my wife back. I got my car. I got a job. I got dough. I got money. I got cash. And I just went into the liquor store and got a bottle. Like, I have no idea why. So, for me, this is, this is about being, this is an everyday deal for me, right? It's an everyday. I'll get up and I'll pray. I'll ask God to see where I can be helpful to anybody, whatever. Like, I, I'll tell you what, man, it's weird. Times are different. Like, I was raised a good kid, like, open doors for women. And I was at, uh, like, I don't come to the city. The city's not for me anymore. But I, I was at uh, Albertson somewhere shopping, like, two weeks ago. And this woman's coming up, and I just kept the door open for her, right? And she just gave me this shitty fucking look. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, whoa, what? you know, I'm just trying to be nice. I'm a gentleman, right? And uh, so I don't know what's going on in this these days, and I don't want to know, right? So uh, this this uh, I'm trying to learn. Like, there's a lot of things that are still wrong with me. There's a lot of things I don't like about myself. You know what I mean? A lot. And and you know this this old timer told me a long time ago. He goes, "Look, what AA has done for me is it's just given me more uh, an opportunity to be myself, who you are, and I understand that." You know, I am, I'm who I am. I'm a good man, right? And, and I, uh, I, I haven't stole anything. And I think I was like eight months sober, and I, I had this job up in Encinitas doing some construction work, right? And this lady, she left the house. So I'm with these other guys that were kind of new, right? And, and, uh, and I was hungry. So I went and I, I got a bowl of cereal, and I ate like three bowls of cereal, like Cocoa Puffs or something. I don't know what it was. And, and I felt so bad the next day. I got on my motorcycle with a box, a brand new box of Cocoa Puffs, man, and rode up to her house, put it on her doorstep, and split. Like, that's how, that's how, in, that's how in eight months, in eight months I changed. Like, do you think she would even have noticed? Probably not. But I did. Like, I, I knew I lied and I cheated. And I didn't want to drink again. 
Like, I'm willing to go to any lengths for sobriety. Any lengths. Whether it's three bowls of cereal or whatever it is. You know? Like, I, I, I can't. It's, it's, like not, it's not like I can't steal. I could if I wanted. But it's, it just doesn't come to mind. I don't need anything from anybody. I just don't need anything. I got everything. I got more. I'm like, I'm overpaid. Like, I should be dead. Or in prison. Or a limb's lost. Or, you know... Uh, when I when I was 18, I got in a really bad motorcycle accident on the freeway down Ocean Beach. When you get off the turn on the freeway, they ate, going over the Mission Bay bridges, and my leg came off, and I had to move back in with my mom because I, I was going to Mission Bay High School, and I got out early so I could drink, and um, so I moved back in with my mom, and I was in like in a wheelchair. She put me up in the garage, and 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 and. Uh, like I was on morphine for like two weeks, and they they go, oh, we got to take you off the morphine. Yeah, I'm gonna get you strung out or whatever. And so they put me on codeine, like that, man. I'm like, oh shit, you know, it was bad. But but then they told my mom, they go, look, he needs to drink port wine. It's good for the enzymes are good. Uh, they had all these rods through my legs, so I'm like, oh fuck, port wine. All right, try that. <laughs> right? Port wine. Anyway, so I just got, I was just shitty, like I'd piss my pants. I'd be in there just drunk, just drinking all this port wine, man, just like, you know, Thunderbird. Like, that's what I thought of port wine was, like Thunderbird, you know. And uh, literally pissed my pants. And I did that all the time anyway. You know, I was the kind of, I was the kind of guy, I had a roommate. Uh, God, I don't know what shithole we were living in, but, but uh, I mean, I woke up. I know, I know some of you done this, and it's okay to admit it, all right? Uh, but I'd been out drinking and probably in a fight and, you know, whatever, you know, drinking somebody's beer with a cigarette butt in it, just that kind of shit always happened to me. But I woke up, I came to, I came to, and I'm pissing on this guy's bed, my roommate. I'm just pissing on his, he's like, what are you doing? You know, he's yelling at me, right? Like, I was just taking, I was just pissing on his bed, like the foot of his bed, I was pissing on his bed. Just woke up, whoa, fuck, what am I doing? And so that's kind of like what I did. And I was young. I was in my early 20s at the time, right? So um, this is how I drank. This is what happened to me when I drank. There's a time. I'll tell you a couple really good stories about me, what an idiot I was when I'm drinking. So I'm down at La Posta down there in Mission Hills, you know, going drinking. It was always, I'm just going to go down. I had a little Volkswagen Little Volkswagen. I didn't. I used the e-brake all the time. The brakes weren't so good on it. But I was. I. I'd, I'd go to the ATM and I pull out a twenty-dollar bill. This is when the ATMs first started. And I go. Oh, I'm just going to go down to the bay, pack of cigarettes. I'm going to get two beers. Okay, two beers. So I go down to the bay. I listen to put some country music on. Right. Because I'm a redneck. I don't know how, but I am. I'm a redneck. Full blood redneck. So I'd be down at the bay, and uh. Those two beers are gone. Quick, they're just gone. So back to the ATM, man. You know, so that's, I can't have two beers. Maybe, maybe if I stop drinking for a day or two, because I'm so sick and I'm just my, you know, just bloody from fighting or whatever. Maybe I could have two beers like two days or three days later, I, I'd stop drinking, right? But I was always smoking pot or doing meth or whatever, but that didn't, to me, that was sober. I wasn't drinking booze, right? So it's just crazy. It's just craziness, man. 
And so, uh, but I, I remember drinking a lot and one day and I was down at La Posta getting Mexican food after a time went on, you know that one, right? And so uh, I'm sitting at this, this table, it's like two in the morning, right? It's open all the time, right down there in uh, Mission Hills. And these, uh, I'm probably going to offend some people, but I don't fucking really care. So uh, this is my story. So uh, there's these two, uh, I think you call them gay people, which is whatever. That's fine. So these two gay guys are sitting there, and they're, like, kissing each other. And, and I'm like, and I said something to her, you fucking whatever, bad word to them. And I'm, like, half in the bag, right? And I can't fight when I'm half in the bag. But I got a big mouth, right? <laughs> big mouth. And so I'm just like, this guy, these, this guy gets up. And he's about 6'4", this black guy, black guy, yoked. And he just beat the shit out of me into the street. Okay? That's what happens when I'm drinking. That's what happens. That's what happens. And I deserved every bit of it, you know? I deserved every bit of it. It's just, that's what happens when I drink. You know what I mean? I'll paddle out on my board, half drunk, you know what I mean? And I remember going out... I remember surfing the cove and PB was breaking big, big. It was big. And uh, I smoked some honey oil and drank a bunch of beer and probably did a couple shots of whiskey. So I'm fucked up, man. I'm really fucked up. And it's like, you know, there's nowhere to paddle out. There's no channel. And I mean, I was probably, I was probably trying to get out for about an hour, man. I was so stoned out of my mind. I couldn't get outside. So I was just like, fuck it. I'm going back in, you know. But, uh... I'm just not, like, for me to not drink is a really good thing for me. It's a really good thing. It's, it, this is like, uh, I got my, my wife, I was texting her, uh, we're out getting on a plane tomorrow, I'm flying to Tennessee, Nashville, and uh, we're staying at our old apartment down in Bankers Hill, and uh, I'm like, hey, I got to talk at this meeting. She's like, what? What do you mean? What's it? What do you talk? Why you? And I got a. It's a speaker's meeting, so I had to explain it to her. She can drink half a glass of wine every three nights and leave it on the windowsill, right? That's who she is. And uh, I'm like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. She goes, oh well, my other son and his wife were going to the movie. See this scary movie called The Nun, and we have an eight-year-old, Wyatt, and he's like, she, you want to see that movie? I go, hey boy, you want to go see that scary movie, The Nun? He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I have her car keys with the house key on it, right? And she, I guess why it lasted like 20 minutes. It scared the shit out of him. She's like, we got to go. I'm like, hey, get an Uber. I'll meet you over at the house. But what does this have to do with Alcoholics Anonymous, really? Everything I'm saying has, is because I have a life. I have a family. I have a life. I have money. I work my ass off when I'm working. Uh, I'm selling my house. I've been working on my house. Uh, up, up in Julian. I got a big, big ass house with some property. I can get a shitload of money for it and buy a mansion in, outside of Nashville, right? And uh, these are things that I've gotten because I'm sober a while. When I was new, it took me a long time. Like when I was new sober, I worked at a bookstore up on Adams Avenue for four bucks an hour. This is like 1990. I didn't care, man. I'm working. I'm going to work. I'm getting up, I'm praying. We had a little meeting. I lived at Pathfinders for like five months, I think. And we get up and um, some of you probably 
no treatment centers or recovery homes or whatever. But uh, so we'd get up in a group and every dude sit in a circle and start talking about, you know, oh, God. And, you know, they're all like 20 days sober, man. And, like, and I'm like, fuck this place, man. I'm getting a job. I'm getting out of here. I don't want to listen to these guys. So I, I, I ride my bike up to Adams Avenue and, uh, and work at this guy's bookstore. And uh, good guy. He was sober like 10 years at the time. Good guy. And um, so that's what I did. I worked and I went to meetings. And I had a bunch of girlfriends and all that kind of shit's cool, man. You know, if you want to have a boyfriend or girlfriend, you have one. Just don't drink when he or she leaves. If they do, stay sober. Go to meetings. Work with alcoholics. And uh, that's just my experience. I don't know. Some sponsors do. Oh, you can't look at a girl for 10 years. Fuck. I'm like, mm. <laughs> I'm not doing that, right? I'm just not going to do it. The idea, of, the, the thing for me was to go to a bunch of meetings, a bunch of meetings, keep writing. Do, I did a lot of inventory. And when I, uh, before I got sober this last time in 1990, like through the 80s, it, that, was, that was troublesome <laughs> that whole time. That was, it was brutal. Like, I would go to meetings, and I went to one in Claremont, and they made me secretary. I was like, I wasn't even sober. I told them I was a couple months sober, cause, but I was, like, smoking pot and fucking selling meth and just doing all this crazy shit. And I ripped them off blind from the secretary thing. Like, I was a piece of shit. But uh, uh, what happened was I went back to that meeting when I got sober, and I think it was, like, maybe fucking 100 bucks. It was a smaller meeting. I stole a hundred bucks. I went back here. Here's a hundred bucks. And you know, it was an AA meeting. So I went to the guy who was secretary at the time and said, look, man, I ripped you guys off. Here's that hundred dollars. See ya. Right. And, uh, I was done over. I owed the IRS, like, I think 10 grand when I got sober. I got a deal when I got, when I got sober, give them the least amount. I think it was 25 bucks a month for a while. And then when I got some money, I paid them off. Done. Done with the IRS. And, um, my brother, I flew some marijuana back to Texas. My brother was going to college in San Antonio. And back then, that was a bad pinch, man. You get busted in Texas, fuck, you're done. But I, I expected him to pay me the right amount of money. And he didn't pay me. And so I was holding the grudge. So when I was making my amends, I called my brother, who I never talked to. I haven't talked to him in 30 years, or not that long. But... uh I called him up, and I said, hey, Chris, man, I'm sorry I've been holding a grudge, man. I'm sorry. I love you. I love you, bro, blah, blah, blah. We had a little chat, hung up the phone. So what I apologized was for was not for him owing me money. It was for me holding a grudge, okay? Those are things I've taught. They're completely ass backwards from how I live my life, right? Completely, everything's, like, opposite in AA for me. It's all opposite, and and. This kind of stuff just happens without even thinking about it. Like, I, I don't, when I was drinking, like, uh, if there was a jacket laying there after the meeting and everybody was kind of out of here, I'm taking it. You know what I mean? And if I got home and it didn't fit, I'd throw it in the trash or whatever. I would just take anything, man. And I had stuff. I mean, I, I didn't need the jacket, but I'm taking it anyway. I just, I'm taking it. And that's not, uh, that's not the spiritual life I think we're supposed to live in Alcoholics Anonymous. 
And so I don't have to do that anymore. I just don't. I don't, I don't, I don't. You know, when, when I came in here, I've never been here. I know a couple people here. But like, I'm not a talker. Like, I don't. But I know how to stay sober. I do know how to stay sober a day at a time for almost 28 years. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I might hit the liquor store on the way back to the house. You never know. <laughs> Probably not. But uh, um, this, like, like I said, if you're new, and I, that used to bother me when I was new, and people would say, well, if you're new, you know, and we used to piss me off, like, who's this guy? Like, who, who am I? I'll tell you who I am. I can stay sober. I know how to stay sober. And I'll help anybody in this room, men, women, I don't care if you're gay, doesn't matter what color you are, doesn't matter, any of that shit doesn't matter around here, man. It's about helping an alcoholic. And, and I might not look like that guy, but I am that guy. That's why I'm here. I'm here to try to help. You understand? Like, I'm not here because I'm not real super comfortable right now, but I'm, help, I'm trying to help. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Because Larry's a friend of mine. I like Larry. Larry's funny. Larry's got a great sense of humor. And he's sober. He's a good AA guy. He goes to a lot of meetings. And he asked me to do this. He's been asking me for a few years. Hey, Russell, can you, can you speak at this meeting in Allied Gardens? Like, oh, man, fuck. I'll be out of town then, blah, blah, blah. So a couple months ago, he asked me again. I just, I just said yes. And so it just happened my plane was tomorrow and not today. So I can do it. it, it it's, it's a good deal. So Alcoholics Anonymous, for an alcoholic of my type, which is explained in the big book, page after page, that's, that's the alcoholic of my type in the big book. I don't know if you guys still read the big book, you new people, but that's what we do here. This is about the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, the taking the steps of the big book. It's not, uh, as my buddy, a, a good friend of mine, he went through crash, okay, and he told me stories about crash, where they'd get on their knees and put a ball in their mouth or some shit and tell them they love you or I don't know what the hell they're doing. But for, for I know there's old timers in here and they know what I'm talking about. This is very, it's a very, uh, a very simple thing to do. But if you're like me, it was like I can, I can look at the steps. Oh, I can do that. I can admit I'm alcoholic. Done it. Check that one off. Came to believe, blah, blah, blah. Made a decision. Oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But when it came to writing, actually, eh, I'm not going to do that. That's for those people. That's for real alcoholics. That's for those old guys, like I am now, 57. That's for those 57-year-olds. They can do that. They got problems. So what happens is I just kept drinking. And then by the time I was 28, 29, I think I was 29 when I got sober. Uh, I'm like, those older guys that are guys my age are, were, became my heroes. Those were my heroes. And I sought after them. And they were right there to help me. Those are the guys I went to. And there's one guy with a tap on my chest. You need to get your head out of your ass. <laughs> That's the way they talk me down at Pathfinders. Back, you know, back in the day, yes, sir. And uh, I don't know if it's like that. I hope it still is. That's the way I would talk to somebody. 
I, I talk to the, I, I treat them the same way. Like if you call me and I'm sponsoring you and you're complaining, I'm going to hang up. I'll say, write this down, call me back. So they don't call me unless they have something written down. Because I don't, like this one guy called me. He's like, oh, my girlfriend, I got, oh, my girlfriend, I, I just, I don't know, she's a stripper. And I'm like, and he's complaining about a stripper, man. I'm like, look, man, you're dating a stripper. What, nothing wrong with that. But you're dating a stripper, okay? You're jealous. You're 90 days sober. Maybe, you know, don't get too attached. <laughs> just try to, try to back off a little bit. It's not a not a good plan, like maybe when you're 90 days sober. And like, don't fall in love with her, you know. Uh, so those are just little things that, uh, you know, like when I was, when I was sort of new, I had a couple girlfriends and it, one of them broke my heart, man. She did. But you know what? I went to a meeting and I hurt. I hurt for a long time. It hurt. But I went to meetings and I kept doing what I was doing, working with alcoholics. Reading a big book. Going to a lot of meetings, man. It was all about meetings, man, for me. And, and so, and that went away. And then I look back, I'm like, that chick's a, she's, I don't want to say that word, but I look back at how, how she was. I'm like, this chick's a loser, man. What am I thinking, you know, what am I doing? I don't want to be with that girl, you know. So, there's, there's the, the thing about Alcoholics Anonymous, for me, is that, this is a day deal. This is a day, you know, a day at a time. You know, there's some phrases around here that used to piss me off, day at a time. Live and let live. Blah, 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 blah. Those are huge now. Those are important things. Day at a time is a huge deal. Like, I'm not drinking today. And it's not like I run around, I'm not drinking, I'm not drinking. I remember being a dry drunk. I used to live in Cardiff and I'd go to the Belly Up Tavern. A buddy of mine's dad was a bartender up at the Belly Up Tavern. And, I, and, and there was... I, it's weird because I remember this one night. I've been sober almost 28 years, but I remember this one night I stayed sober in a bar. I go, I'm not drinking, right? So I go in the belly up. Everybody's drinking, you know. They got good booze in there, man, good booze, good stiff drinks. And uh, I fucking white-knuckled it. And I left early, but I, I went home, and I was so proud of myself. What? This is one night. I was so proud of myself, man. I didn't drink. Next day, I got shit-faced. Okay? The way I am, man. I had no protection. It's like I had nothing. There was nothing protecting me from the first drink. Nothing. Not a... Nothing. Like, I'm, I know guys that can stay sober months, like dry, and, and or years, and just go on with their lives, maybe go to a meeting now and then, and stay sober. That's not, that's not how it is with me. I, I, I'm a full-blown, to-the-core alcoholic. I'm going to drink. I'm going to die drunk. I will die drunk if it's, if it's up to me. If, if it's just me going along with my life, with my family, doing all this great shit that I get to do. Like, I traveled around the world a few times sober. This is shit that I would, like, lie about. Oh, I'm going to fucking Tuscany. I'm going to fucking Greece. I'm going to... I do that. I get to do that now. It's because I'm sober. Like, if I was drinking, I, I get... Man, I, when I'm drinking, I don't go to work in the morning. I'm too hungover. I'm sick all the time. I'm just sick. I'm too sick. 
And, uh, you know, I, I, I can imagine a, a buddy of mine, a good friend of mine, he's one of those, yeah, he can stay sober two years. He works in a treatment center, but then he'll, he'll be, like, chipping away on dope and working in a treatment center, telling people how to stay sober. One of those guys, you know, you know the type. <laughs> and, uh, like, he's my age, man. And he's, like, doing, and I know this is an AA meeting, and I, I am a true believer in our, the purpose why we're here is alcoholism. But this guy's doing meth. At like 55, I'm like, dude, what are you fucking doing, man? That's for kids. What are you, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? I, I just don't understand. It's going to kill him. And uh, he's a good guy. He's so talented, man. He's so freaking talented. This guy's got more talent than any one man should have. But he just cannot... It's, he's a two-year guy. Like, oh, I'm into it. He's, one, he's so into it. Yeah, and like, this is like the fifth time, you know. I remember seeing him day one, like, ten years ago. Day one, I met him at a coffee shop up in Claremont or something. Just, he looked like he was, like, going to die. It was his first day sober off of booze and, you know, all the drugs that he does and stuff. And uh, the time before I saw him, he's a handsome, strapping dude. This guy was just sucked up crying, just like, what happened, man? Like, it just sucked the life out of him. And then, you know, two weeks later, oh, let's go to a meeting. I'm like, fuck that, no. And then, and, uh, <laughs> you go. And, uh, and then I saw him like a month or two later, and there he is, strapping young man again, just fucking dates models and all this shit. Just a good guy. And he's cool. He's super cool. Just a good man. And, uh, and he's all, and then, now I get a call, whatever. He's like, hey, you know, so-and-so's doing blah, blah, blah. I'm like, great, 55, great, good for him. Better him than me. So uh, I don't know how much time. I just kind of ramble on here. But uh, five minutes, ten minutes. I can do that. <laughs> so I'll tell, you a bit, I'll tell you a little about what's going on now. I kind of told you what, what it was like for me. I think you have a good idea that I'm just a piece of shit when I'm drinking. And uh, what happened was I got sober at Pathfinders. I hung out with a lot of old-timers, and I went to a lot of meetings. And I am not uh, I'm an AA man. I'm not a... I don't have all this outside shit coming in at me. I'm complete Alcoholics Anonymous. I went to some... Uh, I'll tell you a story about my ex-wife. You'll love this. So we go to... She's about the same amount of time sober as me. She's a lot younger, and she's still fucking crazy, right? And uh, gorgeous, still gorgeous. Uh, but uh, so we go to this this, this marriage counselor because we're having troubles, <laughs> right? <laughs> we're having troubles, and so uh, so the marriage counselor goes, "Look, I want you guys to go the rest of the day without arguing, okay?" This is in our little session. And I'm really uncomfortable. I hate that shit. Because I'm pretty mellow. I can, like, I just don't want to fight. And so we walk out. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, good. This is going to be a good day. The rest of the day is going to be cool. It's not going to be yelling at me. Sure enough, man, we're right outside the door. She starts bitching at me, man. Just completely just going after me. Ah, oh, you did this. I used to travel a lot. She who are you fucking? Who are you? Blah, 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 blah. I remember being on the back of a tour bus, right, in, in a... I had a beeper. This is back when they before cell phones. You have a little beeper. Remember those beepers? And I think we were in somewhere outside of Atlanta. And I'm, 
she just kept hitting my phone up. And I just want to relax, you know. We're driving all night from somewhere. And uh, so I, I see the beeper. And, oh, oh, shit, it's her again. This is like the 20th time in the last three hours, right? And I know it's nothing important. I know the kids are fine. That's all I care about. So blah, blah, blah. So I open the back window. Just chuck it right out the window. Done. It's that easy. It was that simple. It's over. Like, I, got, I don't have to talk to her. I don't have the fucking pager. I don't know you called me. So these are choices that I, uh, I get to make in Alcoholics Anonymous. And I, I, I'm like, I don't. And we went through this. Sh- Look, I know there's, old, old, there's people in here that have gone. To, I went through the gnarliest divorce. I remember going to court, my lawyer, she was, she's a good lady, bright, bright lawyer, good lawyer. I don't like lawyers, but she was mine, so kind of had to like her. I was paying her a good amount of money. And uh, she, we're, we walk into the courtroom, you know, downtown, whatever that, 6th Avenue, shitty little place. Judges suck down there. They're horrible people, horrible people. <laughs> so uh, my, my lawyer was a little heavy, good-looking older white one. So she walks up, she walks through the gate, she trips and falls on the ground, okay? And my wife, my, at the time, was laughing her ass off in the courtroom, right? So the judge saw my ex-wife, or wife at the time, hopefully soon to be ex-wife, laughing at my lawyer, who was probably my age now, probably mid to late 50s. And so she gave me the ruling. Because my ex-wife has a big fucking mouth. She just can't shut up. So all it was was, you know, it's a money thing. It's a money thing. She wanted the kids all the time so I could pay her more money. That's just the way that is. And I was like, look, I want to see my kids. It's not about money. Give me the kids on the weekends because I'm not working. So we worked it out through the courts, you know. And, and, you know, I stopped going to meetings where she did. And she stopped going. We just, and we went, and then the best thing that ever happened to me, she met another guy, and I was fucking free. <laughs> it was over. I was like, God bless that man. <laughs> Seriously. It was a big deal for me. That was huge. Because it was just like pain and anguish for years. New sober. I mean, we, were, we got married. God, I think I was three years sober. That's pretty new, man. You're pretty, pretty ripe. I was. I was really ripe. And we were both really angry. And so it just, it just didn't work out. But, you know, we, had two, we got two great kids out of, out of the deal. I love my kids more than anything. I don't know if you're a parent. If you're not, that doesn't matter. But, uh, like, I love my kids more than anything in the world, and I'll do anything for them. My 8-year-old's been getting in trouble, I think, because he knows we're moving. And, uh, or we're trying to. We'll see what happens. If the house sells for what I want for it, we'll move. If not, it, it doesn't matter. But, uh... He's been getting in trouble, and he's always been a good, great baseball player. He's just a fucking little leaguer, man. It's so fun to watch. He makes me proud. He just, he's just so fun. And uh, he's been getting in trouble at school. He stole a book from the book fair the other day, which is like, holy shit. Like, that was a huge deal. He stole something. My kid stole a book. So we gave him the belt, which he'd never gotten. But we warned him. We said, look, man, you keep it up. Keep lying. He's sneaky, you know. He's being a little sneak. And uh, just like keeping stuff from us, and then he'll go. He took my one of my phones to school the other day. And I, my wife calls because she works at the school. Wyatt has your phone. I'm like, what? 
my phone. He took my phone to school. And then he steals a book from the book. What did you say, five? Okay, thanks, man. You know what's cool? I got a text from somebody. I'm sitting in the back. I got a text. Hey, Russell, are you here? Uh, your parking space out front's not taken, and you're not sitting in the front. I'm like, what? You guys got a parking space for me and shit? That's awesome. Anyway. I'll tell you, man, it's really good to be here. I hope, I hope you, new people, really, man, just relax. Just re- if you want to stay sober, you know you do or you don't. And it's, either way is fine with me or anybody. But if you want to really stay sober and have the most incredible kind of life you could ever have, and I'm not just saying this. This is, this is the truth in my case. It might take a minute. It might not. My life got good really quick in my brain, my brain, after I did my first inventory. I read my fifth step, and I started making amends. My whole attitude, I'd wake up happy, man, like I was happy. I never thought I could be happy, ever, ever thought I could be content, happy, just wake up and go do what I do. I, I thought that was just completely not going to ever happen for a guy like me, right? And uh, all I am is just an, like an ordinary, run-of-the-mill alcoholic, that's all I am. Just an ordinary, run-of-the-mill alcoholic. And so, look, thank you for uh, letting me talk. I hope you guys enjoyed it or not. I did. So, uh, <laughs> thanks. Thank you.